How's it going, everybody? It's your mom, Luke, the strip club DJ, with another episode of One to Review, a little podcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. One point if we didn't like it, two points if we did. We rate and review movies until we get to 20 points and we call it a day. This week is the strip club episode. I'm very excited about it. I'm here alongside Alex. Hello. And our buddy Brandon will be Skyping in later at the end of our reviews. And he'll be sharing his and our 20 strip club tips for all you strip club goers out there. Um, Should be a fun episode. Let's kick the intro. One, two, All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the special strip club episode. We're here to review movies, and we've got one for you right now. Uh, this is called It Writes Itself. It was written by uh, and directed by Penny Bradley. Uh, the plot synopsis is pretty simple. It's, it's a bunch of writers that are trying to write a movie. So it's a little bit meta. Uh, and because it's a strip club episode, every movie that we're going to be talking about today has at least some element of a strip club in it. Uh, in this, a lot of the writers, uh, the writer group meets often at a strip club where they get a lot of their work done. Uh, start it. Uh, Luke, how do you feel about It Writes Itself? Now, going in cold on this movie, you'd think this is going to be one of those films that's too tongue-in-cheek, that's a little too meta, but actually, in a weird double meta way, it writes itself, writes itself, because this is is the battle of the movie writer, you know, trying to come up with a concept that's going to win trying to come up with something that's going to entertain audiences, but then at the same time be unique and original. And honestly, I'm kind of shocked that this movie hasn't already been made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it surpassed my expectations as well. I think it does a lot of things. I think it really does teach you how to write a good movie. It's got every single element of the hero's journey in it. We watch these writers, you know, have their normal reality. It's shifted. They try to, they go out on their journey. They come back. They learn how to write. They create the story. Like all of the stuff kind of lays out perfectly. Like a, it's just a very well-written story as well. And I think the acting's amazing. We've got uh, John Powell in there, Erica Ashmore, Douglas Johnson, Stacey Condon. They play the four kind of main writers in this writer's group trying to write the film. Yeah, and it's kind of shocking to see the you to see the different walks of life that make it into that writer's room. You know, we deal with some some major problems here. You know, addiction to cigarettes that seems to be a problem common among writers, and even one of our characters is battle battling illiteracy. You know, she comes out at the very end. We find out that she doesn't even know the alphabet. Yeah, but she could still well, come and- out with some damn good content. Yeah, yeah, an amazing story. And, well, that's the thing is, you know, when you've got future technology of kind of uh, – she's got a program on her iPad that's kind of writing for her. She'll say the words, and then it kind of fills it out for her. And, yeah, you don't need to even know how to, I don't know, write words to be a good writer in a sense. And I think that story kind of shows that because Stacy's also uh, – Stacy's character is also a stripper. So she works at the club. That's why they meet there. She's illiterate, all these things. She's got a lot holding her back. She's had a hard life that we learn about. And like you said, it's all walks, but they all end up uh, finishing or crossing that finish line together at the end. Yeah, circling back to the strip club scene, of course, it's it its source, as we all know, comes from the biggest problem in any writer's room, what to eat. 
right? So at the end of a week of riding with each other, they're back to another Friday. They want to make it a good lunch, a fun lunch, and they're all out of ideas. So what's the best place to go? Of course, the strip club. And um, I think I think we might have Brandon actually on the other line helping us out with this uh, with this scene. And uh, yeah, before before I completely spoil that strip club scene, I want to bring Brandon in on Skype. Brandon, you there? Hey, Luke, Alex, hey, you guys there? Hey, Yo, buddy. how's it going, man? Hey, Brandon here, live from Albuquerque's very own Knockouts. This is my first stop of my strip club tour here of uh, New Mexico. Now, Brandon, we were just we were just talking about it writes itself. You had a chance to watch this one. Oh yeah, I definitely saw this one. Um, yeah, what'd you guys think? Where? What'd you guys? Uh, you guys already review it, or where? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we already reviewed it, but we could tell you everything we said in our reviews. No, I'll just listen later. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll I'll tell you what I think about it. I think its influence is wide stretching. As a matter of fact, I see two tables over here that appear to have typewriters on them and writers plugging away. I think people are taking notice that strip clubs are a decent place to get a lot of work done, and perhaps the next great American novel will come out here. I also see um, shot glasses stacked on their heads, very similar to the game that they play in the movie, where they do the six shots per sentence, where, you know, all it takes is one sentence a day. Once you get those one sentence, you can take six shots, then you wear those shot glasses on your head. So, I think its influence is wide stretching, and I enjoyed it myself. So, yeah, I know, and, and definitely has been a huge boost for the industry on my end. We've gone so far as to provide rental laptops. Well, actually, I mean, we stop people at the door; they can't bring in their own computer. They got to rent one from the club if they want to write. If they do bring in a typewriter, they've got to buy. Uh, they've got to buy bubble gum. They've got to buy bubble gum hippo. Uh, paper from us it's a dollar a sheet you know everybody's got to make a buck you know what i'm saying well we can't have these people lounging about just writing you know we gotta we gotta monetize it in some way for us we gotta make it beneficial for everybody win-win yeah everybody makes a buck strip club makes three i get it yeah the writers get their ideas we make a little dough it works the dancers don't have to work as hard it's a win-win-win sitch We've actually had a dancer that's found her first role in a movie. Uh, she got cast by one of these writers, so it's been great for everybody. That's great. Well, I'll, I can give my score. Have you guys scored it yet? Nope. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'm going to give it two points. I've just begun my strip club tour, and I can already see the influence of this movie. I watched it on the plane over here. It's short. It's a fun movie. Two points. Yeah, I'm going to give it two as well. Like I said, uh, as a young LA creative as they call people uh, it's important for me to be a writer a little bit and I have trouble cracking into that industry and that you know thought process and that creativity and this film like I said really shows you that it can be done or inspired me to, to just sit down and put some ink to paper and see what comes out in so, a strip yeah, club two points in a strip club please you know like I said I came into this one cold thinking it was a little cocky tongue in cheek movie title and concept but it really did come around and it really did prove itself um, a self-writing movie so yeah two points for me excellent that is six points for it writes itself and uh as uh, we might have alluded to already each week on one to review we add up all of our points so we get to 20 20 
till we get to 20 points, call it a day. And we have a scorekeeper each week. This week we're just gonna be giving you 20 different tips when going to strip clubs. So well, let's get started. All right, well, I'm on Skype here, so I'm not gonna use up all my minutes. I'm gonna get back to the scene here. I will say I'm a little disappointed. It turns to be the fully clothed night here, so uh, I might be going to the next joint sooner than later. So let me get my uh, two points here for you. Number one, bring lots of ones. Obviously, fill up your wallet with ones because you're gonna hit up the ATM there. They're gonna nickel and dime you to death. So bring your own ones. Also, while you're at it, bring your own champagne. Not only do they mark up the cost of money in the strip clubs, they also mark up the cost of champagne. So if you bring your own, you can save a couple bucks. Uh, those are my two tips. Um, I'm off to the next joint, and I will see you for the next movie, gentlemen. Cool. Adios. All right. Thanks, Brandon. All right. For my two points, uh, I'm going to give you two tips here. I'd say, number one, don't touch the dancers. I personally have been in trouble a few times for touching the dancers. Uh, don't do it. The bouncers are very uh, strict and very quick to anger. Uh, next one I'd say is never go barefoot to a strip club. Uh, you're going to want to wear a pair of flip-flops. You can wear shoes if you want, but flip-flops is really kind of the best thing to do. You want your skin to be exposed to those lights, those sounds, those smells, those you know everything that's going on in the club there. You want those feet to feel that. So I recommend uh, flip-flops at a club. Yeah, you know me, I work in a strip club, so I've got an inside look in the industry. I would say make your first impression a good one and grease the doormat. Throw them a 20. That will get you a long way for the rest of your experience inside the club. They'll do for they'll do things for you that you wouldn't expect. So definitely throw the doorman a couple bucks. And uh, when you're talking with everybody at the club, the staff, servers, and the dancers, don't talk about your wife. Pretty simple concept there. Two points. Or your husband. Or your husband. Oh, I thought you left. I did leave, actually. Never mind. Bye. (laughs) You can't improvise when you're gone. Maybe don't leave so soon next time, Brennan. You're right. Okay, bye. Alrighty, that's six points. Let us kick it to a sponsor... All right, guys, it's time. CD Cleaning Kits by Jaltech. $5 for 1,500 CD Cleaning Kits. The cleaning fluid has long evaporated, but we've included an easy recipe to make your own at home. We're backed up. So many uses. Buy in bulk and save now. So many CD Cleaning Kits. Buy now. Please, I'm up to my neck. Use promo code REVIEW and get 500 free Jaltech disc wiping cloths with every order. Order now. Alrighty, here we go. All right, the next film that we are going to be reviewing this week is one called Nan's Gone Mad. This is a 2015 film directed by Daniel Cantu, starring Laura Sullivan as Nan in this film about a British family that is uh, quite overbearing and they kind of push their grandmother, uh, known as Nan, over the edge. Uh, It's a comedy, I guess. I mean, it's definitely a comedy. Uh, What did you think, Luke? You know, I love our neighbors from across the pond, and I love that dry British humor. In in the British family structure, Nan has got an important place. Their beloved Nan. It's kind of like their own little personal queen. 
they've got a lot of respect for her. They treat her right. But in this family, in the in the Blackworth family, they they put a lot on their nan. You know, they financially they go to her for money. They go to her for advice. They're always borrowing her car. They're ruining her dates. She's got a lot going on, this nan. And it seems like her family's always getting in the way. Uh, finally, the straw that breaks the camel's back. They take the nan's bag, last bag of crisps. And she loses her mind and goes on a rampage across London. Across... across uh, Perrytown, I don't know, all the different little English places. And she she goes on quite an adventure, and the family learns a little bit about how to respect and love their nan before she meets the inevitable and passes on. Yeah, yeah, These uh, this family is pretty awful to this uh, grandmother, and that really bothered me. Like you said, all the things that they do to her, but just their attitudes towards her was pretty brutal. It reminded me a little bit of Requiem for a Dream, the way that older woman is treated, uh, the one that's uh, obsessed with the TV show. Uh, that's a little bit of a reach if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but incredibly depressing, I guess, is my point, the way that this, this woman was treated. Because you can see that she was a very accomplished woman. She had a wonderful husband who passed away and a good life. And then these this family just kind of pulls her down. It's very frustrating to watch. Well, I mean, you see this with a lot of families. Maybe the next generation doesn't live up to the previous generation's expectations. You know, her daughter just works at the supermarket and likes to take a lot of pills. Uh, her grandson, he's an aspiring break dancer, which is sort of an outdated skill, and he's always hitting her up for money, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, but Nan seems to persevere. And you know what? And I think a lot of us do this in, a, in our own ways when we really need to get a breath of fresh air. We go out and one of Nan's big escapes, one of her, I guess one of her bucket list items is she heads out to a strip club to, as as sort of the last bastion, as sort of the final sanctuary from her family because they can't really afford to get in. So she sneaks in there and she has quite an experience at that strip club. Nan does. Yes, she she crushes it. She, She crushes it not only as an audience member, but eventually gets on stage and crushes it. Um. You know, and then she lives this life as a stripper for a little bit until, you know, like you said, the heart attack and then she's gone. And uh, so that that was also another thing for me is it seemed like the film probably should have ended when she kind of empowered herself and became that stripper for a little bit. Uh, and it was unfortunate for me that the film continued going and then we saw her decline again. You know what I mean? A little too real almost for me. I wish the film had taken theatrical liberties and kind of left it on a happy ending. Yeah, definitely a brown note. Definitely a British note to end with Nan dying. But, I mean, that's the reality of uh, of the UK. You know, things are a little bit on the upswing here in the States. But down there, they're realists. They live, you know, they live in that London fog. And they've got to see things for how they are. I will say that in the strip club scene, Lauren W. Lauren w. Sullivan really blows my mind. I mean, she's 65 years old. And for her to be doing those double backspins on the pole, um, hands-free moves. I don't know what you call that when they're upside down. But uh, hands-free pirouette, pole pirouettes. 
and uh, just getting gobs of euros thrown on stage. And uh, I, I mean, for the, for that scene when they actually filmed that, they did that live. They only took one take. And for this 65-year-old woman to be showing it all, and they do show it all in that movie, and looking that good on a pole, I mean, it's, that's just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like I might be ready to rate this thing. Should we call in Brandon, see where he's at? Yeah, let's check it on Brandon, see if he's at his next destination. Brandon, you there? Hey, <clears throat> hey uh, guys, you there? Yep. Alex, Luke? Yes, yes. Hey, buddy. One, two reviewers, are you there? So, Brandon, did you make it to your next club? Here I am, ladies and gentlemen. As you can probably hear, the music is pumping. The ladies are moving around on the tables here. I am at TD's Emerald. This is great. This is great. I used to work there. Yeah. Well, as you know, then, tonight is infamous. Tonight is their uh, fins and nips night. So they got uh, those little sour nips, and they also have... Uh, fish chips, little thin fish fin chips that they also serve. So, fins well, and nips no night. Yeah, one of the one of the most popular nights in the month. And all the ladies what? wear fisherman boots, so it's cute. I'm not complaining. Uh, well, we were just reviewing Nan's Gone Mad. You got a chance to see that film? You know what? I did get a chance to see Nan's Gone Mad. I don't know. I don't know. Mixed feelings. I while I enjoyed the premise, it did have some lighthearted moments the ending was just so sad yeah and the way they did it too was pretty awful for her to be finally reconciling with her family and at least that's what you think is happening and then their their punk ass her punk ass grandson pops out of the the little cabinet in the little restaurant the that they're meeting up for the last time pops out of the cabinet and starts doing a head spin shocking man i mean it's just it's just like the Sad. worst way kind of out of the blue you know yeah you think that the family would have learned a lesson well but. that's not gonna you know a sad movie's not gonna sour my time my night on the town here uh i'm gonna keep pressing on i'm ready to give my score to this movie if you guys are ready do it uh, okay, for this movie, I am only going to give this movie one point. I, I think there are better movies featuring strippers you can go see. You'll get more out of in the end, so one point for me. Uh, I am going to hang around this time a little bit longer, so I'll say goodbye shortly. Gentlemen, what else do you have to say? Uh, yeah, I'm unfortunately going to give it one point as well. It just didn't quite hit the mark for me. Uh, a little the colloquialisms was quite full with British slang and dialogue I honestly missed quite a bit of it and uh, I don't know this is this is very wrong I feel like sometimes I don't relate to, to British people I don't understand them and I just didn't understand this film fully I believe so yeah one point for me well you guys know me I love all people I especially love my British brothers and sisters they're in a in a very direct way, the people that gave our country a start. So I gotta always pay homage and always be thankful. You know, like you said, the colloquialisms, they were kind of hard to follow. So you gotta watch this movie. If you're not good at following those those words, not getting that slang, you gotta watch this movie with subs. That being said, this movie was a big sour note and you wanted a fun romp with Nan, 
but you ended up with a really sad ending. So I gotta give it one point for not really delivering the goods as far as a, uh, a happy ending. Cool. Three points. Three points. Luke, give us some tips. Being a strip club insider, you know, I got people always coming up to the booth asking for songs. If you're going to show me your phone, make sure you bring your own aux cable so I can just patch it right into the mixer. That's the best thing for a DJ. We love that that preparedness of the customer. We know that you want to hear your mixtape. Just bring your own aux cable so that we can play it through. Cool. Uh, my tip for going to a strip club is don't let the outside birds in. Uh, if you notice, a lot of strip clubs have that double door. So you're supposed to go in the first door, wait in that foyer for the first door to close. Then you open up the second door to get into the club. I have multiple times made the mistake of kind of opening up that first door, breezing through that second door, leaving both doors exposed to the outside world. And I've gotten birds flying in there. I get a lot of trouble with the bouncers. So make sure you wait in that foyer for the first door to close before entering the strip club. Rookie mistake. I saw someone do that earlier here. Uh, everybody does laugh at you, so do not do that. Well, uh, I mean, other animals find their way in there, too. Lizards and rats. And, and it's a whole ecosystem. There's something has to eat the bird, and then something has to eat the thing that eats the birds. My one point here, coming live from TD's Emerald. Weekly ads can be beneficial. Take a look at the weekly flyers in your local neighborhood. You might find some coupons, some good deals. I'll also say keep an eye out for trade-ins. You can always recycle your used singles that you don't, you know, use. Your first visit, bring your singles back the next time. Sometimes you can get for two for one on those. So, uh, yeah, trade-ins and weekly ads. Yeah, Brandon brings an interesting point. You can, If you're strapped for cash, you can always bring in extra things that you have maybe lying around your house old cell phones watches jewelry um dinnerware that kind of stuff can go a long way in a in a strip club you might be surprised what you actually have of value in your home okay well it sounds like we've given our tips and uh i can i can get back to uh, my night on the town right we're good yep yep later all right a little exhausting. I will be coming to you live from our next location here shortly. Thanks, gentlemen. Keep Brandon, your dream alive. Brandon, take your time. Have some fun. We're going to do a sponsor. Oh, okay. Great. Thanks. As we get older, our bodies have a harder time doing the things that we used to do. Reclaim some of your childhood with Cartwheel Trainer, a 49-day program designed to get you into the perfect cartwheel. Order now and receive 49-day handstand and 49-day somersault for no extra cost. Thanks, Alex. Okay, so our next movie is called Fiddler on the Roof. I feel stupid saying it's called Fiddler on the Roof. Our next movie is Fiddler on the Roof, but it's the 27 remake starring our friend Channy a.k.a. Channing Tatum. And, of course, this is a retelling of Baz Luhrmann's Broadway mega hit of Fiddler on the Roof. Um, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen this original film, go out there, get the original, watch this. This is a story of Jewish tradition in 1900 Russia, of a man and his five daughters and him trying to maintain traditions in changing times. Now, I will say that, of course, 
for this movie to come out as a readaptation, as a modern retelling, there's a lot of catch up that has to take place to really mm, to really reinterpret these these ideas. Yeah, I mean, even even before all that, though, I would say that this film is a visual treat. Um, my God, it's so colorful, uh, so so much movement, so much choreography, so much dance. It's it's a musical, uh, big time, I would say, and and maybe almost to a detriment. I feel that sometimes the cinematography overshadowed the plot. In fact, to be honest, I had a hard time following the plot of this film. And I am a fan of the story. Uh, I used to listen to the soundtrack with my mom when I was a kid all the time. So I, I know the music and all that stuff. But it was tough for me to follow it. It was almost too colorful, too visual, um, too elaborate a little bit for me. Uh, though I did enjoy it, like I said. Yeah, it really strayed from the dreary tone that the original movie had. You know, there's a very somber tone, mm -hmm. and this one completely ignores that and, like you said, brings the flash and dazzle. Uh, uh, the music completely changed. A lot of EDM, uh, a lot of big hip-hop artists. I know we saw Migos, we saw Future actually mm -hmm. making their way onto the silver screen for this as... Um, I think I think Future played the rabbi in this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. Well, I mean, if we're talking about fun scenes, though, the there's a song in the in the film in the musical called "If I Were a Rich Man," and they end up doing this song in a strip club in this one, and it is those beats slap or whatever they say. Man, it was tough uh, in a good way. It's just it was like going to a club like really really loud in the theater to see that scene but man the music was amazing the dancing incredible it's there's like what 45 strippers doing this choreographed movement together in this club around uh, our main character tev, tev uh, how do you say it tev tevi either way uh, an excellent scene absolutely a peak of the film for me now this had to be conflicted because in the theater of course i was having an awesome time but you can see uh, the Orthodox Jews in the audience being totally disgusted by this, you well, know, they should be. Yeah. And yeah, it's a slap in the face. It really is of the tradition of this story of the tradition of the Jewish faith to be sh shooting this scene inside inside a strip club where his daughters are on the pole. I mean, that's that was a little bit too extreme for me to to take his daughters and really put them in that situation. You know, nothing against exotic dancers, but I think as a lifestyle choice, it's not always a daughter's first choice. So to sort of glorify that, I think I can see from a lot of the people that walked out of the theater, I can see through their eyes why this would be really offensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That being said, man, I had a lot of fun too. And once the squares left the theater, it left a lot more breathing room for us to dance around, throw popcorn, throw candies and make out and have a great time for the rest of the film. Yeah, for sure. Because that, that scene is in act one. It's very, uh, fairly early in the show. So, yeah. It's lit. I, I would say at least, yeah, at least it kind of uh, lets itself known pretty early in the film. This this didn't, you know, lie to you. It starts out pretty 
pretty bold and it kind of maintains that tone the whole film uh well should we call in brandon and uh get a rating for this thing from him rate it and get out of here let's see what brandon's up to brandon copy roger that luke alex 10-4 you yep. guys you guys there don't yep, yep. don't ten four yet we're gonna do that in a second oh roger copy so, Brandon, uh, you had a chance to see this remake of Fillers on the Roof, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me just say I'm live here from Fantasy World. Interesting night. We'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, absolutely. I did see the Fiddler on the Roof remake. What can I say? A colorful explosion really pops on the eye and pops on the ears. I I got to admit, I like the new soundtrack. I've been uh, secretly listening to it a lot. I brought my own aux cord and tried to have the dj play it here but it's a special theme night tonight so we wouldn't play this song but um yeah i really like this movie so i don't know what you what, what were your guys' thoughts yeah we liked it as well i think i, I did i had trouble with the story but i love baz Luhrmann's work he has definitely got an eye for creating these razzle dazzle razzle dazzles yeah big time well i'm ready to score it have you guys scored it yet nope that's what we're here for well, for me, right off the bat, two points. I know what I'm getting into when I sit down to see one of these movies. So, yeah, this, I was excited, and it gets my two points. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it two points as well. This is not Fiddler on the Roof. This is Baz Luhrmann's Fiddler on the Roof. And so if you're ready for that, then fucking enjoy it. Two points. Um, yeah, as much as I like elements of this movie, as good of a time as I'd had... I think it really strays a little too far from the message of tradition. And it spits in the eye of tradition. So for me, I think uh, they sort of lost their way on this one. And it gets a point from me. But I might be, I might be, uh, I might be too old timey on that. So what, one point, final answer? One point, final answer. Alright, five points. Five points for Fiddler on the Roof. Alright, let's give these folks some tips for going to the strip club. Alright, well, I'm gonna get out of the way here. Uh, two points for me. I'm coming here for live from Fantasy World. This is a not completely nude bar, so they do have their tops on, their bottoms are off. Uh, it also happens to be a theme night. Tonight is Scream Mask Night, so all the girls are wearing Scream Masks, and they're playing Codmouth Kings on repeat. So very interesting theme night here in Albuquerque. Seems to go over well. Crowd is pumping, and uh, singles are flowing. Sounds uh, sexy. It's okay. I wouldn't know sexy is the right Weird is probably a better word, but sometimes weird is sexy. So. Sounds hot. See? That's exactly what I'm saying. Number one, dress to impress. Tonight's the odd night where dressing to impress might not matter, uh, but in most situations, dressing to impress does matter. So, you know, put on a shirt. At the very least, put on a shirt. Another pro tip, Luke, you taught me this one years ago. Spray a little bit of your cologne on the money. That way the ladies get familiar with you and your scent. And it's, uh, they, get, they get into it, you know? So uh, spray a little cologne on your money. Cool. I'd say uh, the stuff in the bathroom's not free. Uh, I often will take a stick of gum from the bathroom, and then a, a man from the bathroom, who I normally don't see in there, will follow me out and tap me on the shoulder and, and, and make me pay for it. So the stuff you see in the bathroom, not free. And 
And uh, the second tip I got for you is leave the dancing to the strippers. I've gotten in trouble a couple times for that. Uh, I don't get on, you know, the pole and get up on the stage, but just uh, I get into the music like they do, and I'll be dancing in the aisles and, you know, not tipping. That's not what you're there for. You're supposed to be an audience member. So remember your job at a strip club is audience, not dancer. Those are my two tips. Real quick, I want to address the food inside the strip club. It's totally safe, guys. It's There's nothing weird going on. The kitchen's a totally separate area from the VIP rooms. Um, that being said, you want to try not to touch anything, really. So when you are when you get your plate of fried shrimp, when you get your $5 prime rib, pop on a pair of gloves. I'm sure they've got some in the back, but it helps to bring your own little pair of vinyl or uh, latex gloves. goes a long way when you're eating your food. Excellent. And that's the only tip for um, Luke. So that is five points for five us. Uh, five points. tips for the strip club. And with that... Yeah, before I before I head off to the oh. next strip club, I'll, I'll give you the sponsor here. They get, they sent me the read. Oh, okay, cool. Let's do it. All right, Just this is nice and one. loud. Nice and loud, Brandon. We can't really hear you too well. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the music's on. Okay. World-renowned photographer Kate Brown has done it again with her magical new book, Two Hundred Corgis. 200 Corgis is a must-have for any dog lover and includes, yeah, that's right, 200 exclusive photos of these waggly pups absolutely not found on the internet. Brown's imagination and wonder catches this lovable breed in a new and exciting way that will not only light up your life, but also your coffee table and probably delight most of your guests. The promo code review, if you use it, you'll get a free autograph supplemental pamphlet on other Corgis with this purchase and every purchase from Kate Brown. Enjoy 200 Corgis. I sure did. And these strippers love it too. So bring it to the strip club. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, I'll see you guys at the next joint. Alright, buddy. We'll see you later. Bye. Folks, we saw Calvin Klein's Butts. This is a 2015 biopic documentary, kind of, uh, follows Calvin Klein. Uh, well, an actor kind of plays a young Calvin Klein. It's a blend. It's It's got a lot of flashbacks where there's an actor playing Calvin Klein, and then there's actual documentary stuff of actual Calvin Klein talking. But this film follows the kind of slow process that I didn't even know happened that Calvin Klein has been kind of reshaping the uh, American ass, the American butt over years uh, through his clothing design, his advertising, all of these things have slowly changed what we thought the ass should look like and ultimately does look like. If you look at old pictures from even the Civil War, uh, Americans' butts looked a lot different. They're much shapelier now, a lot more smooth something I had no idea about. And a lot of the work he did started in strip clubs. And that's kind of where this film uh, takes off from. Luke, did you have any thoughts on uh, Calvin Klein's butts? Well, first of all, right now in 2018, the hot butt is the big bubble butt, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need tits anymore. All you need is a big butt. In the 90s, it was all tits and have a little round shapely butt. Or when it comes to men, have a, a muscular ass. Right now, it's all about the bubble butt. Men need a big bubble butt, a big Latin bubble butt. Women need a big Latin bubble butt. 
Uh, well, and so. the, the crazy thing, real quick, is that you're saying need, and you're right. That is what we need to have. And why do we need that? Only because society has said so, and the person pulling the strings has been Calvin Klein for decades. And I just didn't know that. He's the one that wants us to have these bubble butts right now. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I just find it fascinating. I'm a little weary of it. I mean, I've always had a big butt. It's just my build. I'm a husky boy. And I guess blessed now that it's come into fashion to have that. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I'm happy right now. But, you know, for those of, for those of us in the States and into fashion that might not have this bubble butt, I think I want to put it out there. Don't jump on this bandwagon with things like surgery, taking drugs, you know, strange Korean injections. Don't do stuff like that just to fit in with this fat. It will pull back and it mm-hmm. will, you know, the the wave will come back, guys. Well, and this is the thing. If you watch a film that that makes me, I don't know, have some respect for Calvin Klein is that what he was doing is he was going to these strip clubs. He was taking note of which butts, which asses, whatever you want to call them, were getting the most attention. And he would identify the butt that was getting the least amount of play, the least amount of love. And then he started to enhance that butt. And that's, again, why this huskier bubble butt has come into place. He was seeing that that was being kind of persecuted. And he said that that's a beautiful butt. And he found a way to kind of pop it back into culture. And so I think that's exactly what Luke's saying is that whatever your butt is, Calvin Klein's got an eye on it. Eventually, he's going to sculpt the society to respect whatever you were given. It seems like he's giving a fair chance to all the butts out there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I said, for for the late 90s, early 2000s, it was all about tits. And for him to say, all right, guys, you know, let's give a let's give a fair chance to just a, a nice little flat butt. That was really that was really humanitarian effort on his part to give those people a chance at fashion. I'm kind of seeing a little bit of a capitalistic influence or just a capitalistic drive on Calvin Klein jeans part for popularizing this large ass because I mean obviously with a gene that can you know that can conform to a large ass that's more fabric and so you're going to have a pricier gene and you're selling people more material that way. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a little underhanded but for the work that he's done for for fashion and for people's body images it's such a it's such a beautiful thing maybe we can just let that slide yeah i I think definitely again like i said i i feel like he when you see him in the the parts when it's actually him talking doing that documentary kind of stuff towards the end of the film i I think you can tell at least i believe that he is a good person that is really trying to make people feel good about themselves and absolutely he's trying to make money as well so he can spend more time on that so I, I hear your hesitation, but I'm I'm with this guy. I think I think Calvin Klein's a good guy, and I think his mission is good. Yeah, I'm a skeptic, but I totally agree with you. Um, should we call in Brandon and get his thoughts on this before we rate it? Yeah, let's get Brandon on the line. I know he's got a lot to say about this. Uh, Brandon, you there? Hello? <clears throat> hey, we were just uh, discussing Calvin Klein's butts. Oh, Calvin Klein's butts. Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Brandon. Uh, where are you at right now? Yeah, here's the thing. I went to actually made it up to Santa Fe. I was supposed to go to this place called Cheeks. However, they are they're closed uh, due to the state. Something's going on there. Just a sticker on the door. So I'm next door. Um, here's some good news, though, Luke. 
your cousin Finger's actually here at the bar next door to Cheeks. Uh, that's the club in Santa Fe that I was going to. Uh, say hi, Finger. Hey, what's going on? One to review users, what's up? It's uh, your cousin Finger. All right, that's enough, Finger. We are we are we had a, a lot last week. Uh, we had a lot to drink, dude. I know. Yeah, it's it's New Mexico. It's what you do. But I'm kind of disappointed. I uh, the bartender gave us free shots, eh? Yeah, they always do because there's no one else here. Anyways, yeah, let me talk about Calvin Klein's butts. This was a great film. We got um, we got butts. We got history. We got some great acting. And I found it fascinating, almost a little frightening, that Calvin Klein is almost like a butt Illuminati uh, controlling behind the scenes what's in vogue, you know? Personally, myself, I like I like a flat butt. I like a tiny, teeny tiny flat butt. But uh, everybody's different. So that also might not be true. Who knows? But, but interest is fluid, as they always say. Um, Finger, did you see this movie? Calvin Klein's butts. I didn't see this movie, but I've seen the butts, dude. Let me tell you, like, in the 70s and 80s, we had a lot of long butts, and I liked I liked seeing a lot of long butt, dude. Jolly. Finger. Jolly, bro. Anyways, um, that, that's my thoughts. Uh, you guys Wait, have scored it yet? For it? No, no, we haven't. So you got a rating? Yeah, two points. Calvin Klein's butts. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm excited to see what the next trend in butt fashion is. Yeah, uh, I actually did a little research. It's a side butt. Apparently, butts are going to start shifting over to either the right or the left, and that is kind of user preference where you want to start pushing that butt. But the actual crack is going to shift what's not latitude longitudinally. Latitudely. Either way, whatever. The, the, the crack's gonna shift, I hear. So that's the next trend. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie two points. Absolutely. Eye opening. Had no idea that there was so much thought behind uh, fashion or where these fashions are going. Not, not only uh, clothing fashion, I guess I knew that, but more awareness of the physical body in America and shaping of that from the fashion standpoint. Fascinating to me. Two points. Two points for me. A solid documentary and covering something that we don't put a lot of thought into, but is definitely in the forefront of our day-to-day. I like this movie. Two points. Cool. That's six points for Calvin Klein's butt. Six. Ooh, six points. Six points. That's a day, right, gentlemen? Well, we got to give some tips. Boy, yeah, we're going to we? let, let you get back to it with Cousin Finger there, Brandon. But you got a couple of um, tips for us? I don't know, maybe something you learned at at Cheeks? Or at least at the, the sticker at the door? Yeah, speaking of Cheeks, I have a cat named Cheeks. As soon as I was here, I was like, listen, I, didn't, I wasn't able to get into the club Cheeks. I'm at the bar next door. Take a look at these pictures of Cheeks, and everyone was like, oh, you got pictures of the bar, you're not supposed to take pictures in that club. And I said, no, my cat's also named Cheeks. Turns out to be a great icebreaker, so uh, have pictures of your cats or dogs or that 200 Corgis book. Bring that with you. It's a great icebreaker. Uh, you might not have to pay as much for the dances. Uh, another tip, don't fall in love. Maybe once is okay, just don't fall in love twice. That's 
a hard rule. Soft rule on once, hard rule on twice. Don't fall in love. Uh, those are my two tips. I gotta work with Finger here. We got a long night. I gotta try to get him home. Say goodbye, Finger. All right, guys. We'll see you in New Mexico. Come down to Santa Fe. It's not that bad. It's everything's really inexpensive. And come down, come down to our bar. Come down to to uh, Sandia Bar in Santa Fe, and you can come see me anytime, dude. Great, dude. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll get you some free shots, eh? All right, gentlemen. Cool. I'm signing off. I got a lot of Maxo Relaxo to do here in New Mexico. So. All right. Adios, muchacho. Bueno. Bye. All right. For my two points, I'm going to give you a couple tips here. Uh, number one is dress to impress. Uh, I have definitely gone to the strip club at my lower points in life wearing sweatpants and, uh, you know, like a tank top. Uh, people notice. People look at you in a club. You know, you think all the eyes are on the dancers, but you will be judged. So dress, dress in something nice, suits, ties, stuff like that. Uh, the better you look, the better you're going to feel. And the second one is uh, stay in the light. Don't don't go to any places in the strip club where the light is not shining. You're going you're gonna to run into something gross there. Uh, the dark shadows, the corners, the crevasses. Stay away from there. As, as close as you can stay to well-lit areas in a strip club, the cleaner you're going to be when you leave. So those are my two tips. Solid tips. Um, whenever you're in a strip club, you want to make, like I said, a great first impression. If you're with your boys and you really want to get the attention of the girls, hit up that ATM first. Everybody go at once. Make a lot of noise around it. Sort of swing your money around. And you'll get the attention of the dancers immediately. And you'll have a lot more fun that way if you, everybody hits the ATM at once. Very cool. Um... I will say there's a lot of job opportunities at the strip club, and a lot of guys don't know that there's usually a guy's night, so you can always ask for an application and try to get on stage, try to do a little tryout. It's definitely an exciting thing to do in life, and a quick quick fix for if you need to make some money, so don't, don't shirk off the idea of getting a job at the strip club. Cool. Excellent tips. Well, that's uh, 20 points, I believe, or 21 points, which kicks us over. So that is technically, that's a day. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us this week on One to Review. We do have to give our shout out to Rab. Thank you so much, Rab, for supporting the podcast. He is our uh, Patreon donor right now. You can become a Patreon donor as well. Head over to patreon.com and look us up, 1-2-Review, or you can go to our website at 1-2-Review.com, our fireside page there. We appreciate your support. Thank you all so much for listening. Luke, you got anything to say to these folks before we get out of here? Yeah, guys, the Patreon is real. Get on there and sign up we'll give you a little shout out we can review your movie suggestions if you got a movie that you want to suggest um and it's only a small donation you'll be helping out the show next week join us for more movies more reviewies we will be reviewing brothers maker canvas the egg shitface kimbosis and thrust bye guys bye bye Oh, I thought you left. You just got me in to say goodbye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.